Hey everybody, I'm your host and life coach, Kim Gross, and this is the Masks Off Podcast. In this podcast, I'm helping parents and teachers of teenagers and young adults to explore and understand the masks we often wear because of people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies so that they can guide their children and students in removing the masks and honoring their true selves. Each week we dive into how to go from a people-pleasing and perfectionistic prison to freedom, empowerment, and showing up fully in the world. You will hear about my personal experiences and wisdom, as well as from my knowledgeable guests. If you're ready to remove your masks and to help your children and students to do the same, drop into this week's episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Masks Off. I am Kim Gross, and today my guest is Claire Chetty, and we are going to have a conversation today about parenting. Claire is, and I'm going to let her in a moment share more with you about her background and her story, but she is a parent coach, and we're going to talk about how we show up as parents or don't show up as parents, how that can impact our children putting on masks and wearing masks, especially in the teen years and young adult years. And to help us with that conversation, I'm going to start with the quote that Claire shared with me and I'm going to share with you is by Dr. Dan Siegel. And the quote is the strongest predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Oh, I get that. I get that for sure. So welcome, Claire. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that quote is a it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Sit on that one for a bit. Yeah. So before we, before you jump in and tell us who you are, how does that quote land for you? Why does that quote resonate? If you had asked me that 20 years ago, I would have been like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> Honestly, like just mm -hmm. my own journey over the past 20 years with my own kids and just the level of how much I personally have grown and and it's just that self-understanding really it's just that's a self-understanding is a big topic in of itself but sure. more we can understand ourselves what's happening why it's happening Dr. Dan Siegel calls it making sense of things mm. the more we can be available to our children and help them make sense of things and the more they can make sense of things the earlier they can do that the better off they'll be so really a parent's self-understanding and taking that time is how you change generational patterns they can change the family for generations to come now for me land big because i understand the absolute truth of it because i've experienced it myself and with my own family hundred percent. I totally agree. And I have also had that same experience. So I do know exactly what you're saying. And yes, even 10 years ago for me, I just would have said, I don't really know what 
that means. Like it just wouldn't land. So thank you for sharing that. And tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world. Well, as you know, you introduced me. I'm Claire Chetty. I first and foremost am a mom, a stepmom and mom of four. My mm. oldest I, she came into my life and she was four. I then have a 25-year-old, a 23-year-old, and a 20-year-old. So I've been on the journey for a while. Mm. <laughs> I'm a certified parent coach and also a certified positive parenting educator. But I start with the mom first because that really is where I've learned the most about what I do now. I share a lot of my own personal experiences with my own kids, starting with the tremendous amount of rage I was experiencing as a new mom. You know, my oldest was 11, then I had my five-year-old, and then two and a half, and my daughter was at the time, my youngest, probably about eight or nine months old. And there was just, just one day in July 2003, I remember the day, you know, and it was just the day that I literally threw a phone across the room because Mm. I just, and I remember thinking like, while I'm watching the phone go, I'm thinking at the same time, did I just, did I seriously just do that? And so then as the phone hits the wall and breaks into smithereens, I mean, I remember looking down at my five-year-old and my two and a half-year-old, but it was my five-year-old who was looking at me. And I was just like, oh, I got to change this. Like the look was what I now say, I'm not a mom who cares. I'm a mom who scares. Like I scared him. Mm. I knew that the, I recognized the look on his face. And I'm like, I can't do this. I don't want to have this household. So what I now say is what I had to do to change my relationship with rage so I could have actually a deeper relationship with my kids. Mm-hmm. And so what I do now is really teaching other moms, especially and parents together, couples together, how they can do that. Like that rage can look like what I did. And that rage can also look like the shutdown, withdrawal, stop talking, that emotional, like retreating, whatever that looks like, it is impacting your relationship with your kids. And so, yeah, that's essentially what I do. Ah, well, thank you, first of all, for being so open and Mm -hmm. so vulnerable to share that because that's a hard one to share. And this is masks off. So we're taking off the masks and we're being real. And that's real. That is Mm. real to share that because I know for me, I experienced something similar and being a mom living in a suburban, nice neighborhood, nice house, everything on the outside looking quote unquote, perfect. You would Mm -hmm. not think or expect me to act out with that same kind of rage. And I do remember a time when my son was two in the car and he just wouldn't stop crying. I don't remember what he was crying for. He was just in the car. And I remember just stopping the car, getting out, opening his door and just screaming at him, stop stop crying because it just was like going through my whole body and it was just triggering me so deeply, so badly that I just lost it Mm -hmm. and could not contain or control those emotions. And that has happened a lot. And even just sometimes grabbing them by the arm when they wouldn't want to come and say, let's go. And using that voice, I also 
did not like the person that was in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to change something as well. And it didn't come until much later. They were probably 13 and 10, I think, when I was first introduced to Dr. Shafali. Mm-hmm. I first started to learn, this is all about me, baby. <laughs> this is what's on the inside of me that needs to be healed. This has nothing to do with them. They're just being who they're supposed to be. So yeah, I love that you shared that right from the beginning. And I'm wondering... In addition to that, what are you aware of other masks that you may have been wearing back then? And do you still struggle with any masks currently? And then I would say a part B to that question is how do you feel that impacts your kids? Wow. How much time do we have? (laughs) I know. (laughs) all day (laughs) Um, that's a great question let me think about that like there are so many masks and I'd have to really kind of think about how to articulate what they are but I'd love to say first and foremost that story that I share now I only started openly sharing that story about three years ago Mm. this is 20 years ago that this happened now maybe going on 21 because there'll be 26 in September so I clearly remember there were five and so it, it was there was so much shame in that story. And even though I knew that's what turned my trajectory around, I would love yeah. to say that it happened overnight. Yes. <laughs> no, it did not. There wasn't a Dr. Shafali and those things for me at the time. I didn't have Google. I did have a therapist that I went to. Yep. But but it, so the journey was long to really understand what I needed to do and what mask I needed to take off. So, you know, I, that was in July. In November of that year, I ended up coming down with palsy. And so I think that was the next turning around point where I think the mask of pleasing everybody and learning how to say no is when that started and asking for what I needed. I was on the West Coast. The rest of my mom and my family were on the East Coast. And so the idea was, well, you chose to move. So I didn't really have any support like the tribe that natural village that we have with our families right so it was just very a very lonely time mm-hmm. and the idea well you wanted this so it's you know suck it up baby and to have the house clean and have the meals on the table and have the well-behaved kids and be the good wife and also because you're there at home help you help you have them with the books and it was just saying yes to everything you know, doing all the play days, doing all the volunteering, like this cool stuff. And never mind just doing the whole blended family thing, right? So you just be a good girl and do the thing. And I know that the pressure just got to be too much because I just was not understanding what I needed. And I didn't even know I had needs. And so that the night that I came down with Bell Palsy, I actually thought I was having a stroke and then found out with Bell Palsy, went to the doctor the next day. And she's just like, so do you have any stress in your life? And I'm like, okay. No, of course I do. I have this and this, this and this and nothing. And meanwhile, I was going back to school for my nursing degree. I just kept saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, you do know that there is a word? No. Am I what? I literally was just like, what are you even talking about? And she's like, I suggest you start using it. 
I honestly didn't know how to say no. What do I say no to? You know, it took me several months, probably five or six months to heal, but I did have to start saying no. I started saying no to this and I actually said no to going back to school right now. I'll do that later, which in turn actually worked out well because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today, I think, had I gone back to school for nursing to finish that up. So that was the next step was learning how to say no and how to say what do I need? Like, what do I actually, and I honestly couldn't say. It, it was just one of those things where I was taught, it's not about you. Mm. you else's needs. And you just so beautifully described and articulated the people pleaser mask to a T for sure. People pleasers don't know how to say no. People pleasers do say yes to everything. And the people pleasers also join and coupled with the good girl as well. You describe like the good girl just does what a good girl is supposed to do. Don't say no, say yes, please. They're just hand in hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. problem is with that, as you experienced, and I'll say even for myself, my journey was similar. I ended up getting diagnosed with an autoimmune disease when my kids were five and two. And I was sick long before I got the diagnosis. It just took a really long time. And it was the same thing. It was my body's way of saying, you need to slow the F down. You need to start saying no. And you mm -hmm. cannot say yes to everyone. And you can't be everything to everyone. Right. And that's what you just described. You were trying to be the good wife and you were being the good mom and you were putting the dinner on the table and you were trying to help your husband with his business and helping out at school. And it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. If you're a person who doesn't know how to have boundaries and how to have a self-care plan, you're going to get sick feel burned out, stressed out, overwhelmed, depressed, anxious. I'm going to bet that you're numbing the hell out of with food, alcohol, shopping, Netflix, whatever, phone. You're finding some way to numb that pain because you are self-abandoning over and over and over again, not connecting with your true self. What does my body need? Right. You, you even said, I didn't have a clue what I wanted and needed. That's how disconnected we can get from our bodies and from our intuition, our knowing our true self that we don't even know what our needs are, what our wants are, what our likes are. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. What do you think about that? Well, it goes back to what we, I shared with you right before we got on here. I woke up yesterday in a funk. I was down and I felt sad. And I'm like, why do I, I mean, what's the point? Like I had a great weekend, right? Why am I feeling this way? And what I typically would have done would have just been like, snap out of it. Like get on with it. You have nothing to be sad about. Come on now, knock it off. That's the voice that comes in my head is knock it off. Cause that's what we heard a lot growing up. Knock it yeah. off, you know? Like, how can I be nicer to myself, self-compassion? What do I actually need right now? And really, mm -hmm. yesterday was to slow down. 
just slow down. And so I, you know, I mean, granted, I realize I'm, I'm talking to moms who have little ones at home and whatnot. That's a little bit hard to do. I get it. Yeah. But there are ways that you can meet the need that you have even a little bit at a time throughout the day that acknowledges what you're feeling, that acknowledges what you need. And it might just be if I'm with littles, or which I don't, right now I'm on the other side of that, but if I needed had littles and I needed something, it might be a connection with a friend. Like reach out. Mm -hmm. It might mean, let's put a blanket on the grass outside and stand outside for a second for some fresh air. What do I need right now? I just need a break. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't get it because you got the little ones at home. Or it's just acknowledging that instead of dismissing it and pushing it aside saying, knock it off. Totally. It's like that kind of inner dialogue and that inner voice that most of us have is very detrimental to our well-being, obviously. And what I, and I love what you're saying, how you can just kind of sprinkle things, some self-care, sprinkle it throughout the day. And recently I just had some somatic healing work with a coach and I can honestly say that I never before that work with her, I did not know what it was truly like to have a relationship with my inner child and to connect with my inner child because I was always abandoning her, right? That's what we're talking about, like abandoning her. Just what do you, what do you mean you want something right now? What do you mean you're tired? You're suck it up or what, what word did knock it off, knock it off, right? Knock it off, knock it off little one. But yeah. now what I do is, and I can do this throughout the day. I don't have to take a big chunk of my day. If I'm just noticing something, if I'm noticing, I want to go into the refrigerator and grab something to eat and I'm truly not hungry or I'm feeling overly tired. I just check in with her. Or if I'm just super busy and I say to her or overwhelmed and I say to my inner child, I know this is a lot right now. We're going through a lot and I just take a few deep breaths, yeah. but I promise I'm coming back. I'm coming back to you. I'm not abandoning you, right? I know I'm pushing you a little hard or whatever the case is. So if we were talking to moms who had little ones, as you said, because it's very hard, you can't leave your little ones mm -hmm. is to just kind of reconnect with your inner child. Just hand on heart can just take a few minutes. It can be a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes every hour before bed, you know, and just, I know that's tough right now, or I know it, this is a lot. There's a lot that's being demanded of you because there's little ones to take care of. And I'm here. Just that compassion can go such a long way, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And well, you and so have a program, yours is CARES, right? So what do you offer well, two things we'll do. We'll talk about what you offer in your program in terms of how you help parents mm -hmm. specifically to stop yelling, right? And then let's talk about why that's so important because how the yelling can, what's the word, contribute to or lead to or exacerbate our children to putting on masks. So CARES, the C-A-R-E-S, basically I call it a CARES approach to parenting because I used to call it a pathway, like five steps. Then anytime I hear five steps, five secrets kind of thing, I, I go, oh, one, 
why are they secret? But two, five steps and you get there. If that's not how this goes, it's mm-hmm. a journey, right? Mine are older and I'm still, I'm like, seriously, there's another one. There's another trigger in here. Like, they really, you know, I'm like, when will this ever be over? And it's not. And that's part of the journey. And that's part of the actual beauty of growing and learning. And so... I that's why I change it to approach. And so essentially what I do is I work with moms mostly, but I do work with couples together who are just finding themselves disconnected from their kids, whether it be because they're yelling or because they're frustrated or it could be they just can't seem to make a connection and it feels they're feeling like something needs to change. They just don't know how. Hey friends, I didn't mean to leave you hanging. We'll get back to the show in a moment. Are you wondering whether you're a people pleaser or a perfectionist? Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, Kim, of course I know I am one, but I'm not sure all the ways that these patterns show up. Well, you can take my people pleaser perfectionist quiz on my website at kimgrosscoaching.com and find out the answers. And if nothing else, the quiz is really fun to do. Now let's get back to business. You know, and so cares is literally what I did in my journey. <clears throat> it was about, I think I wrote it out sometime in 2018, 19, where I was just, like, I was doing a presentation about power struggles. I'm like, what did I actually do? You know, and I just kind of, and it just came out. It's like, I started with catching myself. Sometimes that catching yourself is after the fact, like you've already done the thing, right? But then it's learning how to understand your patterns, your triggers, understanding like your body sensations, what are the emotions you're feeling? How do you actually create space? So there's, it really does break it down. Like how do you get to the letter of care, which is relationship? Because that's what it's about. Remembering the relationship, right? So CA ends up becoming what's called conscious awareness, remembering the relationship that flips the script from being about me, conscious awareness, to being about we, and that's where we're engaging with the letter E and we're solving problems, the letter F with our children. And in that space, we're actually in relationship with them. And it's really important to note that this process is not about letting the kid do whatever they want, especially in the remembering the relationship part. We're actually choosing the relationship over being right, right now. Like we might be right. They have to be home by 11 o'clock curfew, like whatever the case may be. However, you're choosing the relationship first. Mm-hmm. You're engaging with them. And it is not about letting them get away with whatever they want, but it's in that place that another quote is one of my favorites is like when children see, when they feel like you've seen their perspective, they're much more receptive to what you have to say. And that's where your power is, is really being able to guide them from a place of having seen their point of view and being able to be okay with what they're saying, even though you don't agree, right? But so that basically cares. Is I really show parents where they're at. And, and sometimes you'll be in the letter E and you're engaging and everything's good with your kids and they say something, boop, you're back up in the sea. You're triggered. You're like, oh, like in, in that space. I I still do this today. You know, this weekend had a one of my kiddos home and we were having a conversation and it was a harder conversation and we we're engaging and they said something and I could feel it. I could feel the trigger. I could feel the heart. I could feel the shortness of breath coming in. And I noticed that awareness, like, okay, I'm triggered. My body's in this space and I want to be in relationship catching it you know and, and staying in relationship 
being with them in the conversation. And then because of that, we were able to really get into that phase of like understanding what was going on. And so, and there wasn't a problem to solve in this particular case, but it's that's that's essentially why I mean it, that's why it's an up and down. It's an approach. It's not like oh get to E and you're good to go, you know, because there will be times you're like oh back in the sea, and it's being able to being able to notice what that is in the letter A of assessing what do I need. So because it always starts with you. So sometimes what I needed to take a break from the conversation for the moment, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. My daughter or one of my kids be like, you know what? I'm getting triggered. I need to take a break. And they've been with me for so long with this now. They're like, okay. And then when we're done, we come back to it. It's just this ability to move in and out of a conversation and stay in relationship. Does it work 100% of the time? No, because I'm human and I'll blow it and I'll say something I wish I hadn't said. Or, But then that's the repair, right? So there's yeah. the the approach. So that's essentially what I do. I love that you said that because the repair is so important. And what that is underscoring is that by recognizing the repair says that it's about progress and not perfection, which is another mask of perfection, because you're right. You don't want to get into this place as a parent of thinking that you go through this approach and boom, all of a sudden it's going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Nothing is. We are humans. We are imperfect beings. We mm -hmm. will, as you said before, always be healing and, you know, up leveling. Yes, but always healing. And the masks are going to continue to yeah. creep in from time to time, no matter how much work we do. I've been doing healing work for a long time and my masks can still come back. The difference is that they show up differently. I catch it sooner. They're not glued on the way they were before. I have that awareness when I get triggered. Oh, there's my people pleasing mask. Oh, there's my caretaking mask. Oh, I just wanted to rescue my 21 year old daughter. Oh, you know, and then I see it. And like you said, sometimes it's after the fact. And then sometimes I can catch it in the moment but it's about progress. It's about that. You said that weaving in and out that up and down, it's not a straight linear, here mm -hmm. we go. Perfection piece. So I love that you underscored that or that you said that. And then mm -hmm. the other thing that I was really kind of asking with the yelling and even just your journey with your own kids, how have you seen the behavior and even if it's for other parents, contribute to them putting on the masks. And even now where you are currently yep. in your journey, yep. because you've done so much work and growth, how is that helping them to maybe be aware of their own masks and how they can take them off? I love that. Yes. This is the part that <clears throat> sometimes when I, like I've been oh, I, I did this journey and I did all this learning and growing. And so they're going to be fine, right? They're just fine. And then like the past weekend, you know, we, I have a conversation with my kid. I'm like, oh, Mayday, there's the mask right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I tried so hard not to, not to have you have this mask too. Right. However, in my own growth, my own, I wasn't, I mean, that's, that's even now I'm learning. I'm like, oh, I can see 
how you have that because even when I was trying to change it, I was still I was still doing my own work. But here's the beautiful thing about this is we can actually have a conversation about it today. And this is what I mean by making sense of things. So a parent's self-understanding, like, oh, I can see it now. Turn to your kiddo, remember the relationship. I am so sorry about this. And I need, how do you feel about that experience that happened when you were 15 that I didn't see because I wasn't at that up-leveling yet? So here I am now going, oh, wow, I can see that. I am so sorry. It was never you, you know? And I've, I can't, I mean, I've had many of these conversations with my young adult children and it's just a beautiful thing because then they go, oh, okay, thank you. And we can have the conversation about it. Now, trust me, it, sometimes it's like, ah. And I think maybe that might've been part of what I was going through yesterday was just the grief of having mm. not known at the time and have my kiddo struggle and suffer because of something but it's not what I did, but that's the journey, right? That's mm -hmm. the beauty of it. And so now we can have the conversation and we can make sense of things together. And I know that if this one at this age is starting at a much better, healthier place than I was at that age, right? So that's how we change generations. And they're starting off from a different place of being able to pull that mask off. So some of the masks that you're talking about that I saw, people pleasing. Right. I saw, I'm like, really? When I hear that. And then I go, okay, yeah, makes sense. Right. Or another mask would be just like, don't upset mom. Yeah. Or the fear of really showing who I am because maybe it's not acceptable. Right. Or maybe this will be the final thing that you're out. Right. So this, the fear of really exposing who you are. And so it, it pains me when I see it, but I realize too that I'm human, they're human, but the beautiful thing is now, I know wholeheartedly because of the work that I have done, I have those relationship with them now that we can't <clears throat> me, explore that and go through the process together. And it's just such a beautiful thing. Oh my God. I, it does give me chills to hear you say that because I do feel the same way with my own two young adult children. And what I also hear you saying are two really beautiful things. One is when you went back with your young adult children or the child that you were sharing with yesterday, and you're able to say, you know, I'm so sorry that you felt that way when you were 15 or whatever the situation is that allows them to be so seen. Yes. They feel so seen, so understood, so validated when at the time they were not, right? At the time they were 15 and those things happen. So that's huge. That has a huge ripple healing effect for them. That's bomb, putting like bomb on their hearts to sit. And I have done that so many times with my kids. I have taken responsibility. I've taken ownership. And I said to them, I'm not beating myself up. I'm just saying, I'm really sorry that that was your experience and that you experienced me in that way. And mm -hmm. I talk about that with them all the time. So mm -hmm. you're hundred percent right. When you say that where they are today is much further down the path than where you and I were at their age. Is it perfect? No. Are they still struggling? Yes. 
Do they still need therapy? Yes. Will they still have a lot to undo? Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's an awareness that's there now that I don't think you and I had because we are having these conversations with our young adult kids. And the other important thing that you talked about as we start to round up the conversation is what was so important that you did for yourself, which was, it sounds to me like you allowed yourself to feel that grief because there is grief. I feel it. Sometimes we'll get in that place too of, oh, shit. I wish that I didn't show up that way. I'll go to that place and not to beat myself up or do more shame because I did that back then. I shamed myself to death. It's more the loss, the loss of how it could have been or the loss of how I wish that I could have shown up differently or the loss of, their innocence, so to speak, that I may have taken away by, by shaming them or how I showed up. There's a loss there, however you want to describe it. And you named it, you called it grief. And it's so important to allow ourselves to feel that because the more we push that down and ignore that grief, the more it's going to impact us. It's going to come out sideways. And when we allow ourselves the space in the container to heal that, that will also change generations coming forth. Any last thoughts on that? I mean, I think what you're explaining is what I, when I talk about cares is not, that's why I say is it isn't just about yelling because now I can't remember the last time I yelled. I honestly can't even remember. However, the cares for me now is catching myself in that grief, right? Like you just talked about. So the first three parts of C is one, catching yourself. Number two, call it out. Number three, create space. I catch myself. I'm having a reaction. I can feel it in my body. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling like what's in going knock it off Claire right push it down move on it's going to come out in another way it's going to come out at some point whether it be you know too much alcohol right or or yelling at someone else or like whatever it might be it might be yelling at the guy who passed me on the freeway like it's going to come out in some way shape or form so being able to call it out is like oh like I'm feeling really kind of sad today creating space what do what like maybe just breathing maybe it's reading a book maybe whatever you're whatever that space is that you're able to do but it leads right into that assessing of what is it that I need you know and just acknowledging it like that calling it out part I think is very much underestimated how powerful that is but even so even if you're in the thick of it with your kiddo and you're really angry or you're feeling dismissed or you're feeling frustrated you're feeling powerless you're feeling out of control I'm feeling this. I am feeling this. The key is not to say you're making me feel because then you give me your power, right? Right. But that calling it out, you can reduce that stress up to like 50% or something like that. Like it is so powerful to just to say it. So that grief, yes. Oh, I'm so sad that I could not have shown up better. Yeah. Right. Creating the space. Okay. I'm just going to take a minute assessing what do I need? Well, I just need to journal and I need to just, but that is that self-compassion, but then in that assessing, but if you're not catching it and really acknowledging it, you can get into that shame spiral. So really that C is, it moves forward into another area of catching. What do you need? What's going on for you? And that conscious awareness. And that's the journey. Like it comes up. 
So, yeah. Oh, I love that. So you have given so many valuable tips and tools through the whole entire episode. I love that. If there was like one thing that you could summarize as a takeaway, is there something that you could name? It's not about perfection. Mm. You're going to mess up. It just, it's exhausting to try not, trying not to mess up, right? So it doesn't mean that you get to go around and do whatever you want, like, right? But that's part of the work. But this just, it's okay. Like, and it's okay, mm -hmm. but too late. It's not about perfection. Just presence, practice, like just staying with it, stay the course and just, you know, just in that self-compassion. I, I don't know if that's clear, but that's kind of what comes up for me. If, when we try to do it perfectly, then that is the math that you're giving to your kids. Like there's so much shutting down when that mm. happens. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to just end on that because that was gorgeous. So if people want to find you, if they want to come work with you, what's the best way for them to do that? You can always find me on Instagram, Claire Chetty Parent Coach, and DM me there. My website is ccparentcoach.com, but those are the two best ways to reach out to me. And both of them have a way to book a call. If you want to just do a pre-call, we can talk about what's happening and how I might be able to help you. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was really good. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Masks Off. If you enjoyed this conversation that Claire and I had, we would love a thumbs up and you could also subscribe as well. And until next time, thank you. Hey everybody, I'm your host and life coach, Kim Gross, and this is the Masks Off Podcast. In this podcast, I'm helping parents and teachers of teenagers and young adults to explore and understand the masks we often wear because of people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies so that they can guide their children and students in removing the masks and honoring their true selves. Each week we dive into how to go from a people-pleasing and perfectionistic prison to freedom, empowerment, and showing up fully in the world. You will hear about my personal experiences and wisdom, as well as from my knowledgeable guests. If you're ready to remove your masks and to help your children and students to do the same, drop into this week's episode.